0: You are now listening to The Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. what's going on unstuck fam if you're loving the podcast be sure to visit unstuck.com for more resources ways to work one on one with me and my company unstuck as well as our free unstuck guide to help you get unstuck in your career life finances and business some exciting news we have launched our budgeting course where i will sit down with you and walk you through our custom budget the link will be below more exciting news. We have gotten a feature spot in Medium. The name of the article is Here Are Three Signs It Is Time To Fire Your Boss. You can find the link below. I hope you read it. I hope you enjoy it. And most importantly, I hope you learn something from it. I'm so happy you're here for the ride. And now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Dumas. Today, I'm joined by Dan Roman. Dan's a husband, stay-at-home father, financial coach, and educator. And Dan is focused on keeping personal finance simple to remove stress and overwhelm around money. But I've been looking forward to this conversation. You know, finance is one of those areas where a lot of people tend to get stuck. And so tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, why and how did you create Roman Solutions, which for those of you that don't know, that's Dan Roman's uh, business where he is a financial coach.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Khalil. And that's a really great question. I feel that most times in life, we can contribute in areas where we have a deep-rooted experience in. So for me, Roman Solutions started well before I decided to branch out on my own and do that, is I have my own financial mess. And through that lost journey, figured out a way to get out of it, clean it up, and then prosper from that. So then if we were to fast forward from that point until May of 2020, when I decided to legitimize what I was doing off the books, No one on social media knew about it because I didn't know how to use it. I was just helping friends, family, and colleagues achieve some of their financial goals through what I've learned and also the things that I've applied for myself. And it wasn't until May of 2020 that I legitimized it because, to be frank, I hated the career that I was in.
0: Mm. and isn't that funny how that happens? How oh, we can turn our mess into something beautiful. I love that. That's the way you put it. And take us back, like before you were getting into money coaching. You mentioned right, you were maybe unhappy in a career. What was that career? What kind of made you unhappy during that time?
1: <laughs> so I went to school to be an accountant. Of all the subjects in school, of all the things that I enjoyed doing, numbers and math was always my best. It was my strength, and it was something that I enjoyed. I just loved the puzzle around numbers. So naturally what career path does that translate to? Well, the first thing that came to mind was an accountant. So I decided to go to school to be an accountant. And then as I was doing accounting work, I did not hate the work. What I hated was I wasn't around people. I am a very community driven person. I'm a social person. Most of my working life besides being an accountant and now with my business was in sales. So I was in front of someone. I was building relationships and as an accountant, it literally is your stereotypical. Everyone has their head down. No one speaks. You go in at nine, you leave at five and you do it again the next day. And I hated that.
0: Yeah, and I can relate, you know, that article I mentioned at the beginning, uh, Three Ways to Fire Your Boss. I tell a story in that of working for a bank and having a horrible boss. But, you know, I felt that same thing. I'd go into work every day. I I can't tell you how many sticky notes I filled out with affirmation, manifestation, goals, because I was just bored. Was there a time, like a light bulb moment for you where you made that pivot? Do you have a story around that at all?
1: Mostly it was seeing other people's pain when COVID first started to hit everyone phone calls, texts, emails, social media messages. I mean, I was overwhelmed myself because everyone that I knew all of a sudden wanted to double check where they were. They wanted steps to move forward. They were panicked and scared. So the pivot came through that eye-opening experience of there's a major need for this right now. And it's something that I absolutely love to help people with while still being a full-time professional accountant that's when I branched off and started Roman Solutions on the side.
0: That's wonderful, and thank you for sharing that because I, I asked that question because I know a lot of us had those light bulb moments, especially during the pandemic. But as you see today, it either scared people into complacency, right, or for many of us, right, it really started to showcase the things that we really love and start to showcase, right, some of the things maybe we didn't love because we had so much time to ourselves. So fast forwarding today, as a money coach, you know, what are some of the principles you teach? And on top of that, you know, we can kind of pivot after, but what are some of the misconceptions that some of your clients come to you with?
1: There's some foundational things that I really focus on because everyone has different levels of understanding and what they're comfortable doing. So some people are very risk averse. Some people want all the risk they can take. So from a fundamental standpoint, I really focus on building a strong structure. So what does that mean? Teaching and showing my clients how to get term life insurance. And then from that, we will prepare a will. We will have a healthcare proxy, a power of attorney. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how complex or how simple your financial situation is. In my professional opinion, doing it for myself, for my family, and helping other people do it, these are major foundational building blocks to any financial goal you have or any financial goal you don't know you will have. These things are going to protect you and everything you're doing with money. And then from there, after securing kind of your estate planning and your life insurance aspect of things, then we branch off into some more common fundamental money management behaviors, such as budgeting, focusing on what I call my what strategy, and then creating a money system for you so that it's less stressful and more liberating.
0: I love that, and as you teach those principles, right? And we'll I want to hear more about your what strategy. But as people come to you, this is something I get a lot. You know, what are some of the misconceptions that people have? Whether that is the need for term insurance, or whether that is the need to budget. Have you heard anything uh, in your experience that tends to be very common?
1: Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> the first one that comes to mind is coffee. People think that you have to stop buying. coffee. <laughs> oh my coffee.
0: God, I, this example, man! I tell you, exactly <laughs> I get it all the time. <laughs>
1: Like not buying your coffee will all of a sudden make you prosperous and wealthy. And that's probably the most common one that I hear. But some of the other common ones, money has to be complicated in order for me to look savvy or sophisticated or like I know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, and that's so true. And, you know, as you pivot out of kind of debunking some of those misconceptions, tell us about your what strategy around personal finance. I'm personally curious. I do my research, but I actually didn't come across this. So I'm actually curious. What is your what strategy? (laughs)
1: So my what strategy was born out of Simon Sinek's Start With Why. So his viral TED Talk, his best-selling book, Start With Why. Money is tangible. Money is something we feel, we wear it, we eat it, we experience it, we drive it, we walk in it in our home. So my what strategy takes the concept of Simon Sinek, but it creates a major spin. So I like to say you start with your why, but you live in your what. So for example... Most people, when I work with them, the number one thing they want to do is travel. But travel within itself is is just very basic. What kind of travel? What is your destination? What will you eat when you get there? What does your hotel or suite look like? What, what, what? Because money is so tangible in real life. We have to visualize it in 3D. So that's my what strategy
0: that's such a wonderful example and it's something you know that I not only teach to my clients but just in general friends family you know I always give the example right everyone kind of thinks you know I want to be rich or I want to be wealthy but no one takes the time to break that down right excel is free excel is easy right trying to understand exactly how much you need and I hear the same thing in that what strategy right what exactly do you want and it's great to kind of notate that right because it gives you something to build towards and I think that is massive and that is such a great you know, example of having something tangible to walk away with with a coaching session with you. And just for anyone listening, you know, anyone who mentions this interview will get 50% off Dan's money audit. It's a 90-minute intensive strategy session one-on-one with Dan. So just to give people a little bit of a preview, you kind of talked a little bit about it, but what does that first session look like? Is it more of like a therapy session? Is it more of a tactical session? Is it a blend of the two? Like, what does that session look like with you?
1: I want to say it's a blend of the two if I'm looking at it from a broad perspective. But typically what it mostly is, is strategy. Someone has a question, I provide an answer with steps on how to acquire that goal or that asset or that particular objective. And this could be something along the lines of paying off debt, Right? I have this amount of debt that I want to pay off, what is your plan to pay it off? Teach me. Um, I want to buy a home, How long do you realistically think it'll take me? What do I have to do to get there? And some of the questions that I field and help clients with are a little bit more basic from an organization standpoint. A lot of people actually don't know their numbers that are coming in in terms of income, and they don't actually have a broad understanding of all of their expenses. So I do spend a lot of time with that as well so that they can understand how money flows. Because for some of us, we actually have more money than we think we do. We're just not organized.
0: It's so true. And I experienced the same thing, you know, especially as I found myself, you know, early in my career around 24, 25, making around a hundred thousand a year, but still to some degree living paycheck to paycheck as you're trying to pay debt, as you're trying to save, as you're trying to save for a home, right? And do all of these things. And so to your point, being organized is so important. I know a lot of the listeners we've touched on like ADHD. And I think to your point, right, having that plan and maybe even having someone next to you. Tends to really help make that process not seem as daunting and give you tangible steps. But I think the most important thing, and, and you know, agree to disagree if you'd like here, but accountability. Like, how do you hold your clients accountable without, you know, berating them? Because that's something I get a lot is, you know, I want to be held accountable, but I don't want to be made to feel bad. Like, how do you strike that balance?
1: It really comes down to me inspecting their own expectations. So, what that looks like for me is, if there is a set plan that you and I both agree will work for you, because I don't have final say. This is your life and your money. However, in this in any session, you are looking for my experience and my wisdom around this subject, and I've earned your trust. So my role is to provide you with that roadmap. Now, it's up to you to follow the directions. So along the way, if there's gonna be pit stops, or if we're driving on the highway, there's gonna be rest stops where we'll pull over, And we'll check your temperature. We'll see how you're doing, how you're feeling, and where you are. Readjust if we have to. And I do spend some time reigniting the flame with my clients because, well, when it comes down to paying debt, Khalil, as you know, if it takes someone two years or five years or eight months, it is a daunting journey. And they need someone there to kind of give them that pep that they need when they feel tired or stuck.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's so important. And you know, I always tell my client, you know, awareness—that's what I'm here for—is to start to bring that awareness, right? Because in, in my you know debt payoff journey, it wasn't linear. There were times where I owed an extreme amount, like twenty five, thirty thousand. There were times when I had a plan, but I still felt within that plan, you know, that I wasn't ever going to be able to pay it off. But Having that focus as I got into startups and sold startups and got into tech and started to make a lot of money, my awareness was to pay the debt off first, right? And to your earlier point, it wasn't to look flashy, it wasn't to look rich. I had a very, very clear focus pay off debt, buy real estate, invest, save, travel. Like those are my priorities. And so, talk about that too. As you guys go through your sessions and you prioritize things and you start to sense overwhelm, if people are, you know, feel like they have a plan, if they feel like they're organized, like, What do you tell folks like when they start to get overwhelmed by all of this or they start to get worn down? Like, how do you reinvigorate or re motivate some of your clients that are struggling a little bit to get on board or to even follow through with their plan?
1: that's a good question i'm in no way uh, qualified to speak on anyone's mental capacity or mental behavior right because that's just outside of my realm of expertise but a lot of my questions are very cerebral they're open-ended i want to know how people feel about certain steps that they've taken or certain things that are emotionally very draining just to give you an example homes and cars are highly emotional items for people to either buy, sell, get rid of, move out of. And it's, it's something that's hard to adjust to. But I have to gauge how they're feeling at points in time and reassure them. If I have a comparable story that I can share of myself, because I had a big mess a few years ago, I can share that to show them where I was, where I am. and This is what I did to get there.
0: Absolutely. That's a wonderful answer. And, you know, some of the things I like to share and and repeat is, you know, I think a lot of people have this kind of misconception that they must be consistent, that they must do this every single day. And I like to educate people and say, you know, consistency doesn't mean doing it every day. It means that you're committed to the process. Right. And I think a lot of people, especially, you know, when you just look at the hard data, people aren't committed to the financial freedom process. Right. They're not committed to that process. They kind of want that end result. So, you know, I appreciate your answer, too, because that's another kind of way to reinvigorate someone was saying, hey, I've been here, and I know if I can do it. And I love to say that to my clients. I'm no genius. I know if I can do it, you
1: can do it. Right, and that's another misconception is a lot of people think it takes a rocket scientist to really understand this thing that we call money. And, and really, it's simpler than we think. We just overthink it. We overcomplicate it, and then it creates a big barrier in front of us.
0: Absolutely. And I wanted to get to this next part because I, this is definitely something my audience has been asking a lot about. And we had Gigi on, who is a first gen mentor. Uh, She works with first gen folks in finance. And this was something that I've definitely been asking my financial folks. And I know this is something that, you know, you have some expertise on. And as a person of color as well, you know, when we start to talk about generational debt, or even generational wealth. You know, Dan, I'll be honest with you, even my parents who now are attorneys and architects, you know, but growing up, you know, as I was growing up, you know, money lessons weren't really taught to me. When you talk about generational wealth or even generational debt, these concepts were things I started to learn in college and really just by application and being out in the world, which as you know can sometimes put you in a hole and like you said, right, we've had to make a mess and learn the hard way how to clean it up. What is generational debt, and how is that different from generational wealth? And also, are they related? I'm I'm curious to hear your take on this.
1: That's a good question. Similar to my what strategy, I like to think I created the concept of generational debt. But if I didn't, then I, I apologize to the person that did. But I haven't seen or heard it before. Generational debt is the lies, the myths, and the stories that we are told and we're exposed to as children, and we carry them to adulthood and this shapes our experience with money. This shapes how we behave with it. This absolutely shapes and molds our future life with everything related to personal finance. And that's what generational debt is. Now, how does it relate to generational wealth? Well, it's a cause and effect relationship. They're attached. I wouldn't say at the hip, but they're definitely attached. And an example with that would be if someone grew up in a home where their parents never spoke about money except to say, you have to save, save, save. They're going to grow up being very scared to invest. They're not going to be able to enjoy money because they won't want to spend it. All they want to do is hoard it. And as we know, that's not an effective way to use money.
0: Absolutely. And, and that's key. And I think that's something I've definitely, and it's still to this day, I mean, this is something that I have to still unpack, right? Which which you mentioned is how impressionable we are by our parents and ultimately by the generations that came before us, right? Our parents' parents. And so I read actually an article as I was looking on your medium, financial difference, but also some of the things you've posted when I fired my boss, but you wrote a column called financial education on social media by people of color hurts people of color. And you talked about how not all good advice is good advice. What, caused you to write that article and what were some of the major points that you were trying to make in that? I thought it was really interesting and I don't want (laughs) to ruin the surprise here. I want to kind of let you walk us through it, but I, I thought it was a fantastic article and a very important article.
1: I appreciate that. That article was difficult for me to write because I am one of those people of color providing educational content through social media. However, we have to be able to Read between the lines and decode what's good advice and what's bad advice. And what prompted me to write that article, within that article, for those of you that want to check it out on Medium, there was a piece of content that I watched several times and I was just hurt. I was disgusted by the explanation as to why the gentleman talking did what he did. And I outlined that people of color will follow his advice simply because he is a man of color and not fully understand what they're getting themselves into. And what he was explaining was a dangerous money move that could cost the average person a lot of money. We're talking about $100,000 in this example. And it, it really bothered me to my core that in less than 60 seconds, someone with a large amount of followers can influence anybody to repeat the same thing he did but most of the time, we're going to fail trying that same strategy or technique, and it hurts people of color more than it helps them because these are just one-off examples that happen to work. Most times, they don't.
0: You know, and, and that's wonderful, and I appreciate the explanation. I can hear how much you care in your answer. Those exact types of influencers that that may or may not help people I would say that you know they don't help people really motivated me to start my platforms you know I come from the banking world I actually studied for my series 7 before ultimately deciding to stop because I didn't want to work to make wealthy people more wealthy I wanted to help the average person become wealthy Nice love that Right and thank you I appreciate that It's it's huge right and it was a it was that was my light bulb moment I was actually looking through a portfolio and I was like why am I helping this person this person has more money than I think every person in my entire office combined and then some. And it really got me thinking, what can I do to help folks in this space? And what I really started to learn and what my time being around ultra wealthy people, I grew up in the Bay Area. A lot of my friends are from Menlo Atherton, you know, some of the wealthiest people in the world. What I really started to understand was a lot of the financial advice, especially people of color give, but really just financial advice in general are given by people that aren't ultra-wealthy or aren't on the path to wealth, right? They're trying to get there. And it can be okay, right, if you don't, like to your point, give out dangerous information. But what I wanted to really teach people and what you're teaching people as well is those fundamental foundations. Everyone wants that risky investment that pays off, like you mentioned, right? That $100,000 hustle to get to a million or get to half a million. That's not what wealthy or rich people do. Wealthy or rich people protect their wealth. They play the long game. To your point, like you mentioned in the beginning, right? They set themselves up for success and they have insurance policies to do that. And so I appreciate that article. I appreciate that take, especially as a person of color. I know that wasn't easy to write, but it was a necessity that you wrote that. And I appreciate you
1: sharing that with us. Thank you for those those kind words. I've seen people, I know of people personally that have been hurt by a story or a 15 second TikTok, and i think it's incredible that we have all this information available to us within seconds but we have to take the proper steps to align ourselves with where we are to what the educational content is and something as simple as if we don't understand it then don't do it
0: yeah Absolutely. That, that's key. And I appreciate you sharing that. So, Dan, one of the big pillars of Unstucked is giving people actionable steps. If I'm someone that that's struggling, what can I do today? What can I do next week, this month? What can I do to start to get my finances back under control? Is it booking a session with you? What do I do? Give me some steps here. And I know this is more blanket advice. I know we're each individuals, but do you have some advice that kind of fits all?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I want to mention is Everything you were told about money, if it doesn't align with where you want to go, drop it. And that falls in line with what I call the generational debt, right? The lies, the myths, and the stories we're told about money that are untrue. We have to drop those behind in order for us to recreate something new. You know, what's the phrase? Wipe the the slate board clean, okay? Secondly, start with your what strategy. What do you want? What does it mean for you and your family To acquire that. So let's just give a more detailed example. I want to get out of debt, right? My question would be, what would that mean for you? What difference does that make for you every month, every year, and for your family? And the deeper you dive into the what, the more you'll get to understand what you have to do to get there. And then thirdly, broad blanket statements is having a money system. I'm big on money systems. And pretty much what that is, is creating having your money be automatic pay yourself first every week or every month. Invest every week and every month. Have all of your bills be paid automatically. Reducing the amount of stress with money with an automated system is what I teach my clients to do. It is key, but also it allows you to do everything you want to do with money in proportions so that you can save, invest, have fun, and pay
0: your bills. I absolutely love that. And I'm co-signing that explanation because that was a great explanation. And I wanted to add to that because where I tend to start with my clients is typically right understanding their why and their what. I love that you focus on the what because I think for a lot of people, that's a lot more tangible. The part that I would add to is no matter how much debt you're in, no matter what your financial situation is, you should always have an emergency fund. It doubly is important in a recession as we're in and heading deeper into That is as simple as what Dan was mentioning with paying yourself first. And those two things go hand in hand. If it's $50, it's $25. You know, Dan, when I was 20, 21, I remember setting up my first automatic transfer, and that's pretty late in the game. I have friends that have been saving since they were 10, you know, because their families had had set them up that way. I remember setting up my first automatic transfer for $25. You know, now it's crazy to look at that and it's in the thousands of dollars. But that's what I always teach people: is to start your vehicle, right? Start your vehicle and Even if you're older, right, there's no age to it, just start because in a year from now, you'll be way better off.
1: Yeah, and then as time goes by, you're going to have a better understanding of where you are, where you want to be. And your dollar amount goes from 20 to 200. And instead of it happening once a month, maybe now you're doing it twice a month. And, And you become more, to your point, Khalil earlier, aware of what's going on. So you have more skin in the game, you're better committed to the process.
0: Absolutely. And I really want you guys to take this advice seriously because as I've studied thousands of people and why they get stuck in their life, you know, I created this podcast so anyone feeling stuck in any part of their life can start to get unstuck. Finances is in the top two, if not the number one reason people feel stuck. And whether that's because that's actually their situation or to what Dan alluded to earlier, right? Maybe they just have it in their head and they haven't really taken the time to dissect it right. Getting your finances under control is crucial. As we pivot here, you know, I have to kind of stay on brand here, Dan, and I want to ask you a question, you know, you're doing a lot, you're coaching people, I'm sure you're trying to set up your own family, you're trying to improve yourself. When you're feeling stuck or when you feel like you've lost your momentum, what do you do to get yourself back aligned? Do you go through your what strategy or what do you do to kind of get yourself going again?
1: Yeah, I definitely go through my what strategy. You know, it's hypocritical for me to give someone advice and then not take it myself. I mean, if 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 you're drinking the Kool-Aid and I'm making it, then I'm drinking it with you. I firmly believe what I teach because, well, this is what helped me and my family. When I feel stuck, I go through that what strategy. I'll be honest, I push it a little bit more because maybe I'm just not Seeing things the way I need to. But when that doesn't work, man, I take a break from everything. I, you know, I take a break from everything. I, I'm not on social media. I'm not reading my book. I might delay or move some client appointments around to give me a better mental space and energy to be there for them. And I love to write. And, I, and writing for me is something that I've, I've acquired many years ago but I write to clear my mind. That is my form of meditation. I write to ask myself questions and I answer and also write for clarity and creativity purposes. So I just sit and I write. I will find a river, a place that might bring me some peace and and tranquility. And I'll just sit there with my typewriter and I'll just type for pages on end. And more times than not, that will clear it up for me. And if it doesn't, I just keep going until it does.
0: That's wonderful advice, and I've already learned so much. You should see my page right now it's full of notes, especially around this what strategy, because you know I have a why I have my whys, but I think I need to get a little bit deeper into some of my whats. I love to give people the opportunity to just really tell the audience anything they may not have been able to tell them. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to share?
1: I think the important thing to remember is there is so much that we can do and want to do, and it does not mean you can't do it all. It just means that you can't do it yet and amount of people that I speak to and work with one-on-one where they want to invest and buy a home and save for a car and pay off debt and put their kids through college. We're doing too much with same amount of income and it's not increasing. So yeah, you can increase your income, but really let's focus on one thing at a time. Run your race, stay in your lane. This is your money, no one else's. And really we shouldn't do- Everything at once. Everything has a time. Everything has a place. You will get there, You're just not there yet.
0: Well, Dan, thank you for spending uh, Saturday with us. This has been a super informative conversation. Just to remind anyone who mentions this interview, we'll get 50% off Dan's money on it. Dan, I really appreciate you. I'll definitely be sure to include all your links. Thanks again for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you
0: for listening to the Unstucked Podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok at unstuck.